So you have to understand that in Jesus' day, a wedding was a much bigger deal than they are today. Can you imagine that? Having just come through a year ago, the first wedding of any of my children, my daughter Rebecca, I can tell you it was a big deal. It was a big deal to plan. It was a big deal to invite all the people to. It was a big deal to put together and and bring together all at the place where they got married at the right time. It was a big deal to finance. Weddings are always and everywhere a big deal. And that's true today, but even more so in Jesus' time. Now keep in mind, 2,000 years ago, people did not travel to go to your neighbor's house was to take a trip during the day. They didn't travel great distances. Communities were small. They were tight. They all knew one another and one another's business, much like we may remember, if you are old enough, small towns, say 40 or 50 years ago. And so a wedding was a community event, and everyone was a part of it, whether or not you were related to the family, or even really close, you were caught up and swept up in a four to six or maybe seven day celebration. That's a huge party, right? Yes, because two young kids were brought together from families most people knew, and they were united together, and it was a celebration of many sorts. You notice that John opens by saying, on the third day, this wedding took place. He's referring to Jesus and his disciples coming from, from uh, down at the Jordan River near Jerusalem where Jesus had been baptized. It was a two-day trek back up to Nazareth, his hometown. And so on the third day, the day after he had gotten back, there was this wedding in this little community called Cana beside his hometown of Nazareth. Now, some scholars would say, that they think this was probably a relative of Jesus getting married. Because his mother was very concerned, wasn't she, when the wine ran out during the celebration. Some say that maybe she did not want Jesus and his disciples who had come to the wedding to to partake of the wine because it it had run short and she was trying to head off any, any problem at the pass. Weddings were very different, much longer, but... Wine was one of the most important elements of a wedding. It was considered and believed that if the wine ran out, not only was it offensive to those guests that had come and brought gifts for the bride and the groom, but it was considered a failure of the two families of the couple that had gotten married. And it was even considered by some as a bad omen as to whether or not the couple would would have a long and prosperous and faithful life. If the wine ran out, well, the fortune and blessing of the couple may run out as well. And so there was great concern of Jesus' mother and, and many others as well if they had known that the wine was running short. But she turned to Jesus and said, they're out of wine. And you heard the story, didn't you? Jesus took the six jars with great volumes of water and asked them to be filled up and and he turned them into wine. A great miracle to behold. And the party continued on and the celebration was not abruptly ended. I can imagine and kind of picture the celebration of a wedding today. 
don't you, with the reception afterwards and the DJ and the people out on the floor maybe doing the electric slide or the, the cha-cha dance, I think it's called. And suddenly somebody rips the cord, the power cord, out of the wall of the DJ's setup and the music stops and the party ends. That's how I picture it that day when Jesus' mother said, they're out of wine. She was implying, son, you need to do something about this. And do something he did. He turned the water into wine. I think we need to be reminded today that sometimes when we run out of things, we need to turn to God. Isn't that when we most often do anyway? It is. As long as we can handle things in life and provide what it is that, that we need for ourselves or those that we care about, um, we're fine and we're good. And we may acknowledge and thank God for the good times, but when we run out of what we've got to have, things come to a screeching halt. And we don't know where else to turn. We turn to God when we run out of strength or when we run out of money to pay the finances or when we run out of options. We turn to God when we run out of passion in life or, or patience with, with certain people or situations. When we run out of perseverance and we're tired and we want to give up. We turn to God when we run out of hope or when we run out of joy. We turn to God when we're feeling beat up and burned out, don't we? We turn to God when the game is up and when, when we realize that we need help. And we turn to God when our tanks are empty. When the emotion of it all or the energy that we need to, to do life is on E. So desperately we need God, and we forget that on a day-to-day -day basis. But when the abrupt struggle hits us, we need to remember to reach out to God. Jesus, and don't think this was by mistake that, that John writes in the Gospel about this story, that there were great volumes of wine that he produced because it's symbolic that God's presence through Christ and God's abundance in how He provides for us is virtually unending. We might reach out to God, but then sometimes we feel like there's limits, right? Like maybe I've, I've pushed the God card too much, or I've asked too many times, or I've, I've prayed more often than, than I deserve for God to listen to me. Sometimes we think, yes, God is good and His presence is here, but maybe not this time around. Maybe I've used up all of my good, good uh, credits, so to speak, with God. But we recognize in this miracle that God is abundant and overflowing, that His love and His mercy and His forgiveness and His grace and His presence are never ending as long as we receive it from Him and trust Him. The great volume of, of these jars remind us that that Jesus would, pointing to the end of this gospel, John writes, would pour out his life and that his blood would be turned to the wine in which we celebrate the gift of his sacrifice at the cross. I love how John ties together this, this celebration at the beginning of the gospel with, with what we see or or feel as a tragedy at the end, and yet he reminds us that, that it's all in God's grace. Jesus' 
sacrifice upon the cross is truly a celebration for us because it gives to us new beginnings and new life. And it helps to continue the party that Jesus came to bring us all. I'm talking about the kingdom of God here. I'm talking about a different way of living, a different way of life than the world pitches and teaches to us. I'm talking about living in relationship and in, in friendship with people instead of, instead of giving in and falling victim to the so many things that divide us in life. We're at a very divisive place right now, I feel like, in our country. I think most people would agree with that. And a lot of people say it falls along the lines of politics. And we think about Martin Luther King uh, Jr. Day tomorrow and this weekend and, and how he came not just to uh, divide people among the race lines, but to, to speak up and say we all need to live together in harmony and grace. That's kingdom stuff when we say that not power, not money, not race, not the things that divide us in this world, those aren't what we will give into and live according to. We'll live according to the grace and the love that God shows to us and, and try to distribute and share that with others that are in our orbit. This gift of grace shows that God's love, mercy, and forgiveness are abundant for us. And He expects and desires for us to allow that to fill us up so that it overflows to others around us in all that we do and that we say. As I said, we may sometimes feel unworthy ourselves to receive God's gift of grace. And it's funny, as a pastor, some of the um, comments that I get sometimes when I meet people for the first time. I usually ask, where do you go to church? Or, you know, tell me about your, your spiritual life. And, and a lot of people make excuses. They even joke a lot about, well, I'm, I'm not really into the religion thing. Or, you know, I, I grew up in church and I'm a member of this church, but they don't, they don't attend regularly. Um, I've even had people say before, I'm not the kind of person you'd want at your church. And I don't know how to read that other than to think the same thing that I think we all probably in the back of our minds suspect, and that is that we're not really worthy of God's grace either, are we? The Bible says plainly and clearly all have fallen short of what we ought to be and how we've been created to be. We all need God and we all need second chances, and, and this is the place. This is the place where we come to be reminded of that and to receive that from a God that is full of grace and, and overflowing in a way that we cannot really comprehend and sometimes have a hard time accepting. But it is for us. God's grace is sufficient. And I need to be reminded of that some days. I think you probably do too. I think we all do need to be reminded that even if we run out of wine and we think that our coffers or our jars or our tanks are empty, that there is a God that is there willing, ready for us to come and to accept 
the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the gift of God in Jesus Christ. I don't know where you are today or where exactly you have run out of wine. Maybe your battery inside is just dead and you need to be recharged. And God's presence and an invitation to that can recharge you and refill you. Maybe in this miracle of uh, changing water into wine and being reminded that God meets us where we are and where our need is, is what you need to hear today. To be reminded that, that no matter what it is that you lack, God can provide it, even if you may doubt it. It may be that you need to be reminded in this, this beautiful story of, of the ending of the gospel that John's this miracle that he reports at the beginning of the gospel points to the gift of the cross and the gift of forgiveness and grace. If you're a total um, washout at this point and feel totally like a failure as if you have um, hurt God or hurt others, maybe you need to hear today that this miracle points to the miracle of the cross and the forgiveness that is there for you. Or maybe today you realize, like Mary, that there's only one that you know of that you can turn to. Only one who has the ability, if you will have the faith, to turn whatever it is you are lacking into what it is that you truly need, which is God's gift of presence and grace. And so today as we uh, conclude our time together, I'll invite you to come to the altar railing to pray. If you have any concern, you would like anything that you would uh, like to be prayed for, I'll be glad to join you with that. But let's uh, bow our heads and pray together before we stand and sing. Lord, we uh, sometimes feel so deficient and so emptied. And so at the end of our rope. And we find it difficult to have to dig down deeper when we're empty to find what it is that we need. We need a source from outside of us to help us. And that is you. And you have shown to us that you love us because you've created us. And you have sent your son to teach us and even die for us that we may know it and even more God your Holy Spirit is with us all may we embrace it today and may you give to us what we need even if others around have no idea what that is we celebrate that you do and that you are more than willing to give it in Jesus name amen